the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KNW presents... New Focus on Wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. If you have a money question for the show, just shoot me an email. Chad at chadburton.com is a certified financial planner practitioner deal with taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. It's all fair game. Today, I want to catch up on a couple of real interesting listener emails. The first one is from Anonymous in the Northeast. So by the way, if you ever want to shoot me an email and you don't want me to use your actual first name, just state that in the email. Otherwise, I probably will. Uh, Hi, Chad. Recently, the company I work for sold my business unit and one result of the sales that our pension accrual from the old company will cease and the new company does not offer a pension. However, one option I have is to immediately begin drawing my pension and still work for the new company. I plan to work for at least the next five years and I was thinking that I could draw my pension and use the proceeds to pay off my mortgage before retirement. And some of the specifics that he outlined is drawing now would give me 11000 per less per year. 11000 less per year than if he waits five years to draw it at retirement. But it would completely pay the mortgage balance off after accounting for taxes. He also goes on to say that that would bump him into the 24% marginal bracket from the 22% bracket. He didn't calculate, so he spent some time on this, a break-even point where the total amount drawn would be around 19 years. So what he's saying is that by taking it early, the crossover point is around 78 or 79, where if he lives past that, it costs him money. If he lives past that, he would have wished he would have waited. And then he also goes on to say he's got a wife that's four years younger. Now, the numbers that he gave me are based on 100% joint survivor option. If you guys ever want to email me your pension options, there's different options that are out there. Either your spouse gets nothing when you pass, 50% when you pass, or 100% when you pass. He goes on to talk about his mortgage. This guy's got a mortgage at $1,100 per month, 20 years left to pay off the mortgage, and he's at 3.95% APR, which is high. That should be sub two and a half. You could, You could... A lot of people think of a 30-year or a 15-year mortgage. You can do a 20-year mortgage and lower your rate and keep your amortization schedule. Um, 
In this case, you could probably refinance to a 15-year and get almost the same payment and pay it off five years earlier because rates are so much lower. He explained that in the Northeast where he lives, he lives in a state that does not have local or state taxes on retirement account distributions. So he says, my thought is that by eliminating the mortgage prior to retirement, it would reduce the amount I need to withdraw by roughly 15000 per year during retirement and give me floor, more flexibility in managing my tax bracket during retirement. You can probably get to the 12%, he says. Additionally, if I die before drawing the pension, it defaults to 50% spousal option. So if he waits that five years to take it, you'd have to hedge that 50% reduction in his wife's income if he dies before five years is up with some life insurance. A lot of stuff going on in this. A lot of stuff. Now, not a lot of companies give pensions anymore. It used to be the norm when I got into the business 26 years ago. And basically, because pensions just can't get the same rate of return, people started living a lot longer than they expected. Many of them went underfunded, so they had to kind of shut them down. Now, one thing that this is missing is that usually when a company is purchased and the pension ends, not only do you have payout options, but there's also a lump sum option typically. In fact, I remember clients that, oh, it's been four or five years, but Johnson & Johnson used to have a pension and they'd worked for them years ago and they sent them a letter, hey, do you want to take a rollover now and give up your lifetime payments? And in some cases we did it because... The, the lifetime payments weren't at a very good interest rate. So there's a lot going on there. First of all, we're missing this lump sum option. So I would f- call and find out, is there a lump sum option? Can you calculate the present value of that pension? And either now or at some point in five years, can I roll that into an IRA? That's something that you need to look at so that you can analyze different options. If you have that lump sum option, And then you have the payments for life. You can say, okay, I expect to live at age 85. What's the internal rate of return? I expect to live to age 90. What's the internal rate of return? You can calculate the internal rate of return or the the rate that they're expecting to be able to make on that lump sum in order to pay you for life. And you want to know that. Because if that return is above 4%, that's a heck of a lot better than bonds right now. And it has longevity insurance so that if you and your spouse live past your normal life expectancy, which is 86, you win. You win. The only people that can really, really lose here is if you have children and you both die well before your life expectancy and they don't have to pay anybody and they win. So it's a big decision to make, but having that lump sum option allows you to calculate what rate of return they're using and then compare that to bonds. And I'm going to talk about bonds a little bit later in the show because if we look at the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index, the interest rate's so low and the duration is so high, a pension that's going to guarantee some sort of a rate the rest of your life, as long as you live, even if you live to 115, like the oldest living person is right now, it'd still pay you. So, um, I mean, it may be a good idea to, to hold off drawing on this thing especially if your spouse is younger and healthy, especially if your spouse is younger and healthy. Because you thought, think about it, when, when you're a married couple, you have two social security checks. When one person dies, the survivor keeps the larger check. So in most instances, from 26 years that I've been doing this, the husband tends to pass away first, but he's got the higher social security check because wife spent time home with the kids. It's not, that's just statistics. So that's changing these days. That's of, of course... But I've seen not only Social Security reductions, but then pension reductions as well. 
And I like to see if I can get at least 30% of a retired person's income coming from guaranteed sources like Social Security and pensions. Now, keep in mind, you can always check the pbgc.gov to see if the pension is sound or not. Is it drastically underfunded? And is the amount that you're going to be paid in kind of the danger zone? So we've done, done shows on that. In this case, it looks like a pretty small amount. But look, waiting five years to get you another $11,000 per year, that's like giving up 240 grand. What I mean by that is if you had 240 grand earning 3% in bonds, you could generate 11,000 per year for 35 years. So that's that cost. By, by you wanting to take the money early and pay taxes on it, pay off your mortgage, that's given up about 240 grand at age 65. And I'm not a fan of drawing retirement accounts to pay off mortgages when you're doing it at over a 12% federal bracket. I would rather do it differently. For example, at retirement, if you have a proper allocation of retirement accounts and non-retirement accounts and then some cash, remember your cash, you don't pay taxes on it. And your non-retirement accounts, when you sell, you pay some capital gains. But man, current capital gains bracket, a married couple finally jointly can have like close to 100 grand before, if that's all their income was, was from dividends and capital gains, close to 100 grand before they break out of the 15% of the 0% bracket on capital gains. So you got to play with those brackets a little bit. Know your capital gains brackets. So I would rather wait and either take a higher amount or a rollover amount and then deal with paying off the mortgage early in retirement when I know I have cash and capital gains to live off of, or I can have a big capital gains year, pay off the mortgage all at once and then move on. So talk about some things coming up after the break, what I would rather do then take a pension early to pay off a mortgage. What would I rather do with it? And I'm going to, let's focus on those Roths. We keep talking about it. Roth IRAs. If you make too much money, backdoor Roth IRAs. The mega Roth 401k, the most popular handouts that we've had. By the way, shoot me an email for those, chat at chadburton.com. So I was talking a little bit about this, this question that was emailed to me about company was purchased, the pension is the new company doesn't offer one. So either take the money early, wait five years, potentially there's a lump sum option that can be rolled to an IRA. The idea was just to take it early to pay off that mortgage. And I get that. For one thing, there's no right, perfectly right answer here because you can't put a price tag on the sleep coefficient factor. Is that a technical math term or investment term? No. It's just the ability to sleep at night and feel good about something. It feels good to pay off your house at retirement. Is it the best use of a dollar? Heck no. I mean, if you held, if, if your house is going to go up and down in value, no matter if it's paid off or not, the price is based on what the market is. So by paying off that mortgage early, you're definitely going to lose money at the rate of inflation because it's stuck in the walls of the house. You just gave it to the bank early rather than investing it elsewhere. So as you're building wealth as a younger person, Use that 30-year mortgage and take the rest of your cash flow and invest in 401k, Roth IRAs, the mega Roth, index funds in a taxable account, and you will be better off over long periods of time, 20, 30 years. But it's a little different in retirement, right? You switch from wealth accumulation to wealth distribution. And now mortgage rates are so low and taxes are so different than when they were than they were even five years ago. So a lot of retired people aren't even getting a mortgage interest deduction. They're just taking the standard deduction. 
So if they have extra cash all of a sudden, either from selling stock because they're overweighted in stocks or an inheritance or a retirement or, you know, some sort of somehow they came into cash and they're saying, do I invest in bonds or do I pay off a mortgage? A lot of times that choice is paying off the mortgage. But this person that I was talking about is still working. And so when you're still working, I just don't like the idea of, of taking that pension early, paying taxes on it just to give the money to the bank. First thing I would probably do, but I'm a little bit more aggressive than you, also a little younger, I'd refinance that mortgage. I'd probably just go to a 15-year mortgage. Um, or I'd go to a 20-year to keep the same amortization schedule because there's those options are out there. But you're going to knock off at least 1% on your interest rate right there. And then you can keep it. Like, let's say you retire and you don't want to live where you're living anymore. You can always keep it as a rental and have a mortgage on it. So there's, there's one option there. Um, if you're forced to take payments in five years, you know, that, that's fine. You're retired, so then maybe you could do this. But if you're forced to take the payments now, rather than paying off that mortgage early, I would at least make sure you're investing in a Roth IRA. Um, if you make too much money, and we've got those flow charts. Remember that? Chadburton.com. Chad at Chadburton.com if you want those flow charts about, can I invest in a Roth if directly? If not, I make too much money. What about a backdoor Roth? Or what about a mega Roth 401k where we have people maxing out their pre-tax amount in their 401k at 19500 And then in some cases at places like Apple, Cisco, Microsoft, adding 15, 20%, or 15 to 20 grand, if they could afford it, into the after-tax account that's getting converted to the Roth. And people building up large tax-free amounts in Roth 401ks. And at retirement, you roll those into a Roth IRA. And Roth IRAs do not have required minimum distributions. They do not affect your Social Security taxes and they do taxation. And they do not affect your Medicare premiums in terms of, hey, you have high income, you're going to pay more on Medicare. That doesn't happen. So I'd definitely be maxing those options out before I decide to pay off my mortgage early. And then do a plan. Are you on track without the pension? If you're on track without the pension and you've maxed out all these Roth options that I'm talking about, just invest in tax-efficient index funds in a taxable account. Now, if, however, you're 60 years old and you've got this pension option and you own almost all equities and no bonds at all, then I can see where you're trying to pay off the mortgage. But I would still probably wait for five years, get that bump in that income of eleven grand a year, and then start getting on uh, some sort of a plan of action to pay off that mortgage, probably with a big capital gain event or something the first year of retirement, and then moving on from there. So lots of different options. There is one end where it's maximizing, leveraging every dollar that you can do to create more and more wealth versus the sleep coefficient factor, being able to sleep at night in retirement. One thing that will happen to all of you as you go on the path to retirement, no matter how aggressive you are, if you are used to earning a paycheck, maxing out your 401k and watching your assets grow and grow and grow, and you've been very stock and equity heavy, once you retire, your risk tolerance will change drastically. You go from feeding a portfolio and watching the market grow over time and getting excited about market corrections so you can buy more at a lower price to, oh my gosh, this is a limited resource. This is my portfolio. This is all I got for the next 35 years. And market correction scare you a little bit more. 
And fluctuations day-to-day scare you a little bit more because you get scared about running out of money, realizing that I'm 65, I've been retired for five years. It's real hard for a 70-year-old to go back and get a job earning the same amount of money that they were at the peak of their earnings career. And so your risk tolerance will change a lot. So don't judge people that might be doing this if you're 40 and this is a person that's talking about doing this at 50 or 60 or, you know, that, that there's, there's different answers. Part of a job of a certified financial planner is not saying here's what's right and here's what's wrong. Part of it is outlining and modeling scenarios and saying, these are the pros and cons of these three scenarios for your family. This is what I would do, but I'm not you. And so you guys got to choose the best option for you. Um, and then talking through those different options, like a counselor would almost. So that's why places like Texas Tech, and my son is the, the financial planning program, certified financial planner program is taught out of the human sciences division. So there's a lot of counseling that go, I've done, a, even though you shouldn't ask me for relationship advice, that's for sure. There's, there's definitely been times of financial planning and marriage counseling coincide, that's for sure. Um, I've got another email too that I want to, that I'm going to hit after the next break. We're not going to have a lot of time on this segment to do it, but um, Prop 19, there was a lot of home transfers going on. Um, most people that I talked to about it decided not to do anything about it. Prop 19 is where if you, as long as the gift to a child was completed on property before February 15th, they could keep your property tax basis. But there were so much people were giving up like a step up in cost basis, which is unknown. Whether or not California would change this again, which is definitely unknown. Um, But there's times where people want to sell a home to a kid and be the bank. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So if you, that's, that's one way that people can help their children and do some estate planning at the same time is to sell a property, be the bank, give them a lower rate, avoid private mortgage insurance, things like that. So we'll talk a little bit about that after the break. I love your email questions. Shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all free pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. Email question. So this one, again, I, I, I mentioned before the break that this next email, it might be a little bit late because uh, this email said, uh, in spite of myself and my husband having a combined income of over 440 k we're finding it hard to buy a property in the Bay Area. That's tough, right? Gosh, I can't, it's, it's insane to think about. It's a lot of income in, in most parts of the country. Our workplaces mandate that we need to have a place near San Francisco. My husband's parents are suggesting we buy one of the two houses they own at current market price. He's the only child, so he will eventually inherit the properties anyway. So I don't understand what could be the advantage of buying the property from the parents. Property was bought a long time ago and currently has lower property taxes. Plus, his parents are also suggesting the possibility of some kind of seller financing as well, stating that it's better to keep the money in the family instead of giving it to a bank. Not a finance expert. And I'm a little bit skeptical skeptical of such intra-family transactions, but I don't have the knowledge or insight to see if this is a good idea. So 
Okay. This is this again, I might be a little bit late to this email because the parents might have been trying to get this done prior to February 15th on this whole property tax deal. Um, but there is a lot of times that I've seen this in the last 26 years where parents will have lived in a house for a long period of time and they either want to move or downsize, live in assisted living or, you know, move to a different place, right? Out of the Bay Area to Nevada. I don't know. And they want to keep the house in the family. And the kids wanted to eventually live there anyways. But a lot of times the kids aren't financially prepared to be able to buy a house because in the Bay Area, you know the cost. This person's struggling to find something they like at $440,000 of income. That's crazy. And when you buy a property to come up with a down payment, you might have high income, but you have high expenses in the Bay Area. So it's hard to get that down payment of 30% down on a two plus million dollar home. So one of the big advantages of if, if there's a couple and they're wealthy and they're trying to help their kids out and do some estate planning at the same time, they're like, okay, currently we have a large estate. And we think that like a lot of advisors do that President Biden is going to cut the amount that we can leave to our heirs in half. And so one of the things that people want to do is get growth out of their estate. And there's several ways to do that. One of the ways that you could do it is to take a rental property or home that you have, sell it to your kids over a long period of time where you're the bank. You have a contract with them. And there could be some tax savings to do that and some extra income that it creates for the parents. But a lot of times it's just... I want to get this to you, but I don't, and I don't want any more growth of this in my estate because any more growth, I'm already in a state tax level. Any growth that's on this rental property in the future could potentially be taxed at 40% or more. So let's just get the growth out of the estate, get it to the kids. So that's one, one reason that they might be doing this is because they're trying to reduce the overall value of their estate. And another one is the advantages of a family mortgage are is, not a lot these days because right now you can get a 30-year mortgage at sub 2.5% or so, right? Right around in there. It's popped up a little bit in the last couple of days. But with an intra-family mortgage where mom and dad are the bank, you're essentially borrowing money from them to buy a home, right? You can do a mortgage at a lower than market rate. There's these things called AFR rates, applicable federal rate. And it's lower than 30-year mortgage. So essentially, you could do a 30-year loan interest only at sub 2% with a big balloon payment that can maybe happen after death. And so that could help a kid get in, make the payments, get a tax deduction for making the payments. It could make it so the parents no longer have to deal with the property taxes and other things, but they never really have to come up with a big amount of money to actually take a full purchase of the house because they'll get the inheritance after they die. There's tax issues that you have to talk to a CPA about. You can't just go doing this. There's National Family Mortgage and a lot of other places that are online facilities that help families do these intra-family mortgages, uh, home purchases, even reverse mortgages. That's another big one. I've got, I just did a call a week or two ago with a client and they're trying to figure out what to do with mom. And Mom and dad were you know pretty good shape, but uh, dad went into a nursing home for three years and went through a lot of their assets. In addition, the pension that he had, one of them went away when he died. 
and the other one was cut in half. So mom's income is way down versus three years ago prior to the nursing home event and prior to the pensions going away. So they're like, okay, how do we help mom if she needs help? And a lot of times seniors feel like, well, the only way that I can get help, like let's say if I need to go into a long-term care facility or assisted living, I'm going to have to sell my home and pay a huge capital gains tax. Or I'm going to have to do a reverse mortgage with a few banks that'll do it. And the fees are still pretty high. They're much more regulated. It's a much better product than it used to be. But what if you have wealthy kids? Then the wealthy kids could actually be the reverse mortgage. They could lend mom money on the home as the bank. That way the house stays in mom's estate. And when she dies, it gets a step up in basis. The kids can then turn around and sell it totally tax-free. So there's different advantages of different styles of family mortgages. So you can do a mortgage at a lower rate than the typical market rates. You got to learn about AFR rates. And then a lot of times in areas like the Bay Area where, <laughs> let's face it, you're buying a home right now in the Bay Area at the top of the market cycle. You've had, well, a bit of a decline lately. But you're still kind of at this point where if you buy it, you have to realize that there's probably a correction coming at some point in the next 10 years. So you're very happy buying it and staying there for the next 10 years or so. So just keep that in mind. Um, but a lot of times people don't have enough money to put down on a Bay Area house. And so they have PMI, private mortgage insurance. And if you're doing an intrafamily loan, you can avoid all that. So this isn't an endorsement for national family mortgage, but even NoLoad and uh, NoLoad and LegalZoom have ways to help people do this. But you have to have a legitimate mortgage in place so that the purchaser, the kids can write the interest off and then the parents will have to claim the interest as taxable income. So, uh, Mrs. Anonymous, on the reason why likely your husband's parents want to sell this house to you is they want to keep it in the family. They have a large estate, potentially. They're worried about estate taxes in the future. And they think over a long period of time, real estate will just keep going up in value. They have enough in their nest egg. And they want to get it over to you at the most cost-effective way possible. And maybe they don't want to pay the property taxes and deal with the insurance and all that stuff anymore. And they want to just give it over to the son. So um, keep that in mind. Um, what else is on that? So that's, that's big, big issues of, of uh, real estate. So real estate is, is a funny thing. I mean, even so in the, in the Northwest, Portland, uh, Vancouver, Camas area, where we have an office in Vancouver, Washington, a home in Camas. A lot of clients bought real estate out in Camas. It's Washington's gone way up in value. That we're now seeing, like on anything sub five fifty, multiple offers going seventy seventy thousand dollars over asking price. And then when you run the math on when you rent that out and what your return would be, you're sub three percent. Two years ago, that was above six percent. So there's. Uh, the rates are super attractive right now and people are trying to get out of tight cities and go to places like the Northwest and Austin and Denver. It's just, it's, it's, as rates go up, that'll probably slow down a little bit. So keep that in mind. Whatever you buy now, make sure you're like, I don't care if there's a correction in real estate, I'm going to hold it for the next 10 years and you'll be okay with that. There's just a little bit of euphoria in, in the real estate side. And also like I was talking about in the last several shows that started with the GameStop stuff, the speculation bubble, not a stock market bubble, but a speculation bubble in super aggressive assets 
And I was reading a story in one of the financial publications out there that was talking about the Invesco NASDAQ Next Gen 100 ETF, the symbol is QQQJ. I don't own this. This is not a recommendation at all. But the investment, it's an ETF that had a huge debut. Um, Big increase in assets really, really fast. So the NASDAQ is an index. And it's a pretty tech-heavy index. And the symbol for that, to invest in it, is QQQ. The symbol to invest in the S&P 500, there's SPY, IVV, VOO. There's three minimum of three different ways I can think of to invest in the S&P 500 as an ETF. But this one is different. It's QQQJ. And the fund will generally invest at least 90% of its assets in the securities that compromise the underlying index of the next generation 100 index, which is proprietary of NASDAQ. And it's kind of like companies of the next generation, disruptors or anything that has a lot of revenue and it's people are changing the way they live and buy it, right? So in the past, we all used to get cable. Now we go Roku or whatever. I don't even do cable. I don't know. Uh, there's Etsy that's in there. A full of companies that have benefited from COVID that have huge revenue growth, but not a ton of profit yet. Now, Roku has 73% revenue growth, still losing money though. Etsy has 128% revenue growth. They actually had a positive net income though, but a P ratio of 127. Right now, the S&P 500 is a P ratio of about 22.2, which is above the five and 10 year average. And a lot of that's because of some of the tech companies like Amazon that are making up the skewing those numbers. Just continued signs that I see of a bit of a speculation bubble that people are investing in that new economy, the disruptors, the changers. It's kind of like, man, it's going to come back to fundamentals. It always does. How much does this company earn per share? Revenue growth will get you so far. You have to have a path to profitability. So be aware of that. A lot about retirement though is you can make as much money as you want. You can have as much money as you want for retire. You can have more than you need. But if you do not have good health, you have a reti- your, your retirement is miserable. You'll spend more time going to the doctors and scheduling than enjoying life, doing all the things you wanted to. I've talked about how I've changed my idea of retirement. I'd rather put retirement off and travel more and, and, and do things with the kids while they want to travel still with me before they get into that age 20 timeframe to 30 when they just want to do it with their friends, those, those kind of things. I haven't talked about fitness for a while, but I was listening to a podcast on how taking essential amino acids helps older people maintain muscles. And I think that's really important to think about that. And there's so many scammy types of supplements that are out there and multi-level marketing deals. Amino acids that I take are from Keon, which is Ben Greenfield's company. He's a... uh, kind of a biohacker guy, fitness guy that I listen to constantly. And this guy researches the heck out of everything. You can tell by the way he talks. It's like drinking out of a fire hose on every podcast of information. But it's been common. So I've also seen more and more articles lately about sauna use and longevity. Sauna use and longevity. A lot of it comes down to maintaining healthy cells in your body to help fight cancer and inflammation and things like that. And so more and more studies are coming about about inflammation between hot and cold therapy. And more and more articles about sauna and longevity are coming out. Take a look at it. Just do a quick Google search on it. You're seeing things like three to four times per week of sauna use can be shown to help reduce inflammation. And I've got an infrared sauna that I bought because 
I'm always worried about inflammation. I've got that. I was telling you guys before on a previous show that thyroid issues pop up in the family. And a lot of times thyroid is, gets affected by inflammation. And I've dealt with inflammation issues on overuse of tendons and things like that in my life. So inflammation for older people is also a big scare when it comes to what? COVID, right? That inflammation, that cytostorm is tied to a lot of inflammation issues and autoimmune stuff, which causes inflammation. So many health gurus that are out there, not just the Ben Greenfield, the guy that I like to listen to a lot, but a lot of articles that are out there about three sessions of 15 to 20 minute times with two to three minute cold plunges in between if you have one or even just a cold bath with ice in it can help improve the longevity, cell health. It can increase weight loss and things like that. So keep that in mind because if you have excess money for retirement, but your health isn't quite there, you might want to use some of that money to really just kind of create the ultimate health experience, even in your own home, which is so much easier to do these days. Also at EP Wealth, we had uh, we do events for clients. Last week, we had a pro surfer on, this guy that had won big wave contests and paddleboard contests were just you know 80 miles of paddling. He's talking about his, I mean, this is a very, very fit guy, right? Surfers are super fit in the first place, but this is a really fit guy. And he talked about how yoga really helped him so much deal with pain and resetting joints and inflammation and things like that, that, that as he started to do more yoga, he was excelling more and more at other sports because of the flexibility. And when he, he was asked by Breen, our director of client experience at EP Wealth, about weights. He's like, I never was really into weightlifting. He surfed, he biked, did yoga, but he's gotten into weights more and more as he's aged because he knows that you need to do it to help increase bone density. When you have that load on your body, it helps increase bone density. So number one, it's diet, right? First, we've talked about that before. Diet is one of the most important things. In fact, you can work out all you want, but if your diet sucks, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. Other studies you look at, those that live a long time, do a combination of stuff. We've talked about those that bike, swim, and do a racket sport are typically really, really healthy people. They do a combination of this stuff. You get the biking for the legs and the cardio, the swimming for the arms and the cardio, racket sports for that eye-hand coordination and, and kind of moving all over the place. What's great about retirement is that you can build these social events around these types of exercises. The happiest people I know are the ones that are doing the biking events. I mean, I've, I've seen people take uh, bike tours through Italy where they'll go to a bunch of different places. A van will ship, you know, they'll take, go to a certain spot, ride their bikes, and vans will ship the bikes to other places so they can kind of tour around on their bikes. And I think that's going to be a huge part of my retirement, that's for sure. So real quickly, though, with... Gyms in the Northwest, I know, are opening again, but it's still on lockdown a lot of different places. Peloton's been a huge increase. Obviously, the stock price is through the moon. A lot of people using Peloton. Um, currently, my house is demolished. <laughs> so I had a mold issue in my ceiling in my basement. It turned into this giant project and then remodel because it's like you tear your basement ceiling off. You got to do whatever you want to do now. My house was built in 2002, so it was ready for a, a fix-up. So my home gym is gone right now. And so I kind of had to pick and choose what I took with me as I moved out. And I don't really enjoy bikes that much. I don't like sitting there. I get bored. Um, I couldn't do an hour. Peloton was like eight weeks out for delivery. 
So I picked up an Echelon bike from Costco. And I'll do like 20 minutes for that. And then using my X-Bar, which is a form of band training. So you might want to check out X-Bar. If you're trying to get into training, but you're working at a home, you could usually, you could get the Echelon bike, a couple of dumbbells and the X-Bar and have a pretty good setup at home for less than 2000 bucks. Do that potentially, but then eat right. Talk to your doctor about what you should be doing. First of all, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a fitness guru. I'm a financial advisor, but I love fitness. Wrestled my way through college and love fitness. Um, Eat right though. I'm trying to eat that paleo autoimmune diet. It's because of inflation and thyroid issues that I don't want to get. A lot of older people I find have good luck with the Mediterranean diet, but do some blood tests for inflammatory markers and food sensitivity. That's pretty easy to do these days and find the diet that works for you and your body. So that's, eh, I haven't talked about health and fitness for a while. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you do, let me know. If you don't, let me know. Shoot me an email, chat at chadburn.com. If you need some help with your financial planning, investment management, that's what we're here for. You can ask for a, a uh, meeting at chadburton.com, Facebook, LinkedIn, iTunes, all the podcasts you can find at chadburton.com as well. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.